Welcome to Between the Lines, a podcast about sports and the law with your host, me, Gabe Feldman, director of the Tulane Sports Law Program and co-director of the Tulane Center for Sport. We're rolling out a new feature here on the podcast, a weekly rundown of some of the biggest developments in sports law. Consider this the sports law version of the old 1010 Wins news updates in New York, for the nine of you who are old enough to actually remember that. But to borrow a phrase from them, you give us 22 minutes, we'll give you the sports world. The goal is now to post an episode of the podcast every week, alternating between these news updates and the full interviews that you've all grown to know and love. I plan to have different guests for these news update segments, including some of my students, some of my friends, some of my mortal enemies. And this week, I'm joined by my colleague, Eric Blevins, the sports law program manager at the Tulane Center for Sport. Here we go. Let's start in the world of golf. The legal battles for Live Golf Tour continue. As you all probably remember, a lot of this started when the PGA Tour threatened to suspend and fine golfers who joined the Live Tour. The DP Tour, which is the top European golf tour, did the same thing. And there was a challenge over in Europe about whether the DP Tour could suspend and fine former DP Tour golfers who played in Live tournaments without permission from the DP Tour. And an arbitration panel ruled earlier this month that the DP Tour can suspend them. And why is this a big deal for those players and for the Live Tour? One, it's going to make it more difficult for Live Tour to attract players from the DP Tour in the future. And the other is that the DP Tour gave them another avenue to qualify for the four major championships through their world ranking points. So this is a big loss, although a preliminary one for both those players and for the Live Tour. We'll see what happens as the battles continue, both here and in, over in Europe. Yeah, switching gears to some sports business. We're in the midst, obviously, of a transformational period for sports broadcasting. And one of the more underreported stories right now is about the future of these regional sports networks, or RSNs. And last month, Diamond Sport, which is a collection of 19 of these RSNs that's doing business as Bally Sports, filed for bankruptcy. Diamond has the regional rights for 14 different MLB teams and has reportedly stopped paying five of them. And recently, Major League Baseball filed an emergency motion to compel Diamond to make some of the payments that it owes under the contract, especially since Diamond is still broadcasting those teams' games despite missing the payments. So what happens next If Diamond won't pay, Major League Baseball wants Diamond to turn over the broadcast rights to MLB. And it's said that the teams are ready to broadcast their own games if necessary. Now, keep in mind, this is a big issue for Major League Baseball because on average, over 90% of a team's regular season games are broadcast to fans on these RSNs. So the concern is that the bankruptcy court might actually allow Diamond to reset the amounts owed on the contract, which because a bankruptcy court has the power to do that. So for now, we're waiting to see how the court handles MLB's motion. It's set for hearing on May 31st. Yeah, and I hear that they are going to have a time limit on how quickly they hear that motion under the new rules that Major League Baseball has in place. That's a a pitch clock joke. (laughs) We talk a lot about the golden era of television, 
but we also might be in the golden era of antitrust litigation against the NCAA. A very professional segue I just did there. And as all of you probably know, back in 2021, the Supreme Court ruled against the NCAA in the Austin case and held that one, the NCAA is subject to antitrust law, and two, that it's illegal for them to restrict benefits related to education, including cash awards of a, up to about $6,000. Since that case, there have been a number of antitrust suits filed against the NCAA, alleging that a series of the agreements that they've reached are illegal, including, among other things, restriction on the number of coaches on certain coaching staffs, the Ivy League's prohibition on athletic scholarships, and most recently, a lawsuit was filed by current NFL running back Chubba Hubbard and former college football star, claiming that it's illegal for the NCAA to restrict those academic benefits that were opened up by the Supreme Court in Alston. So this might be $6,000-ish per athlete, but you add that up over a number of years. And as we know, or maybe don't know, but I'm about to tell you, under antitrust law, you multiply that by three, and that could be a significant hit for the NCAA. And that's on top of the litigation that is currently pending in the House case, which is much bigger potential liability because that seeks damages for all the NCAA's restrictions on name, image, and likeness that were in place prior to the NIL era opening up in July 1, 2021. So as has been the case over the last decade or so, a lot of antitrust exposure for the NCAA. Sticking with college sports, more news in this constantly changing world. Several states have introduced legislation that would have how schools can be involved with their athletes and IL endeavors. So Texas has followed Oklahoma in proposing a bill that would essentially protect schools from being punished by the NCAA for NIL-related violations. Colorado has proposed a bill that would amend its existing NIL law to allow schools to solicit and facilitate NIL deals for its athletes, which is a big off-limits area right now. And then also in California, a bill is working its way through the legislature that would allow college athletes the opportunity to share revenue like the TV money that schools are receiving from college sports. So it's really interesting to see how different states are approaching this and some are acting as a shield and some are trying to create new ways athletes can benefit. But more than anything, the big upshot is maybe that all of these different angles might give the NCAA some legs in its pleas to Congress to create a universal NIL law and try to avoid a tangled web of different rules. Yeah, I like the idea of a universal NIL law that would apply to the whole universe as opposed to the national uniform law that people are asking for. So this is a, this would be a bigger thing. But yeah, obviously you're right. And it's interesting because there are many who are just always going to be opposed to any restrictions on college athlete compensation or really anyone involving college sports. And so they, they don't see any need for uniformity or any restrictions whatsoever. But for those who believe that uniformity is important, even if you look at the current state and where most states NIL laws are relatively similar, the what we're seeing with this legislation being introduced is that nothing currently is stopping the states from passing new laws that would be wildly inconsistent with what other states are doing. Again, some would say that's not a problem at all. That's how it works for 
coaches and staff and everybody else. So what's the big deal if it happens for athletes? But as you said, we'll see if this is something that pushes Congress to act. Speaking of legislation in college sports, the Texas Senate passed a bill this week that would ban diversity, equity, and inclusion offices at all public colleges and universities in the state. It would also prohibit schools from, among other things, having mandatory DEI training. And a lot of issues raised by this, and this is an issue that obviously impacts more than just college sports, but a question that has been raised is whether it would potentially jeopardize their status with the NCAA, including an NCAA rule passed in 2020 that requires all schools to appoint an athletics diversity and inclusion designee. And the NCAA constitution also requires schools to educate and train and create diverse environments. The author of the bill, a Texas state senator, says the NCAA's requirements are broad and loose enough that the Texas schools could comply under this bill. But we'll see if it actually gets passed into law, whether there are legal challenges, whether the NCAA threatens to remove championships from the state of Texas, as we've seen them do in other cases. But again, not just an athletics issue, but specifically here might cause the NCAA to either make a big stand here or to just back off and take a hands-off approach. Yeah. And I look forward to us getting Neil deGrasse Tyson on the pod to talk about that universe NIL law to cover the astrophysics angle to that. He's asked to come on and I've said he's not connected enough to sports to really get an invite. So we'll see. Maybe this This is perfect. We now have our end. Yeah. Okay. So Talking about gambling, England's Premier League has banned gambling sponsors from the front. Wait, were we talking about gambling? <laughs> now we are. <laughs> okay, now um, we're talking about gambling. Now we're moving on to gambling. Okay. So the Premier League has banned sponsors from the front of club jerseys starting in 2025. The teams will still be able to display gambling logos on the sleeve patches. So they have different areas with logos like the United States here, but you can have them on the sleeves. You just can't have them big on the front. And that's going to start in the 2025 season. So teams have until then to wrap up any existing deals, which right now eight of the top 20 uh, clubs, which are the Premier League clubs, all have gambling sponsors on the front of their jersey for a total of about $75 million in sponsorship deals. So it's a pretty significant revenue stream right now that they're volunteer voluntarily moving away from. I think it's an interesting note just on the relationship between sports leagues and sports gambling, obviously, which the Supreme Court paved the way for here in the United States in 2018 when it struck down the federal law banning it. And so this new voluntary effort from the Premier League, I think, bears some similarities to something we just saw announced on Wednesday here in the United States, which is the new Coalition for Responsible Sports Betting Advertising, which sounds like something from The Simpsons, but it is real. It consists of the NFL, NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, WNBA, NASCAR, and MLS, along with the broadcasters NBC Universal and Fox. And the group's goal is basically just to establish guardrails for responsible sports gambling advertising. And some of those include marketing only to those of legal gambling age and not promoting irresponsible gambling. Some voluntary efforts we're seeing stateside as well. Speaking of issues that are bigger than sports, but certainly have a significant impact in sports, 
the Department of Education proposed new regulations to govern transgender rights under Title IX. And the statement, and I'm quoting here, says the proposed rule would establish that policies violate Title IX when they categorically ban transgender students from participating on sports teams consistent with their gender identity just because of who they are. So makes it, it would make it illegal to have a blanket ban on transgender students participating on teams consistent with their gender identity. And specifically, this is really intended to apply to transgender women who want to play on women's teams. But then it goes on to say that the proposed rule also recognizes that in some instances, particularly in competitive high school and college athletic environments, some schools may adopt policies that limit transgender students' participation. So no blanket ban. You you can't just do a wholesale prohibition on transgender athletes participating in sports, but you are permitted to have narrower limitations. And so the big question is going to be what restrictions are allowed. There are some criteria that are listed, but practically speaking, it would seem to be difficult to identify the specific boundaries. But the DOE did say in general that when balancing inclusion versus competitive fairness, that at the lower athletic levels, elementary school, less competitive ones, that the inclusion should win out over competitive fairness on the field, but that when you get into the more elite, highly competitive sports at the high school and collegiate level, then it may be appropriate as long as it's not a blanket ban to prohibit transgender athlete participation, where it's necessary to protect health and safety and also necessary to protect competitive equity. It is right now, these regs are out for public comment until May 15th. And there have already been hundreds, if not thousands, comments pouring in because this has become such a hot button issue across the country. And we'll see what comes out of these proposed regs and what comes out of continuing litigation and state legislation in this area. A couple items jumping back into the professional sports business world. First up, Dan and Tanya Snyder, who owned the Washington Commanders since 1999, are reportedly selling the team for a record price of over $6 billion to a group led by current Philadelphia 76ers and New Jersey Devils owner Josh Harris. So just a reminder of how valuable NFL franchises are in 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 across the board and particularly even when they aren't that good on the field. This deal is not finalized yet and it's also going to have to go to a vote of NFL owners so not across the line yet but that seems likely right now. And then in baseball, one of the game's oldest clubs is not selling but maybe moving with the Oakland A's announcing this Thursday that they are close to a deal to purchase land in Las Vegas for a brand new ballpark that would cost a reported $1.5 billion. And they would be leaving the city of Oakland where they've been since 1968. Their current lease at their current stadium in Oakland runs through 2024. And they'd also have to get approval of the owners to move. And they obviously have to still build the stadium. So this potential move is several years off, at least if it happens at all, but potentially more pro franchises on the move. And more on the move to Las Vegas. And it's a good thing we have that coalition in place to prevent the irresponsible advertising. In XFL news, 
the players in the rebooted XFL held a vote on whether to join the United Steelworkers Union, and the vote failed, 124 to 73. So as we think about whether college athletes, one, would have the right to unionize, and two, would actually vote to unionize, here we have XFL players voting it down. This was a little bit of a surprise, particularly after the rebooted USFL players had voted to join the same union back in January. So why did the players vote no? One player from the San Antonio Brahmas suggested through a Twitter post that it might not be a matter of whether to unionize, but which union to join. So he tweeted, we want to unionize with the right group, possibly the NFLPA. There's no word on how realistic that might be, but it is interesting, again, particularly given that the USFL vote was unanimous in favor of joining the Steelworkers Union. Yeah, and as the proud owner of an authentic New Orleans Breakers t-shirt, I'm keeping a close eye on this one. WNBA. On Thursday, the WNBA announced a new national broadcasting deal with Ion Television, and Ion is giving the WNBA another national broadcaster, and particularly a featured night, because Ion is going to air WNBA games on Friday nights in a primetime window and a number of games between now and 2025. So the WNBA gets a featured marquee night for their product to show to a national audience. And this deal is obviously just another indication of the growth of women's basketball and women's sports more broadly in the United States, which is supported by a lot of other facts. But one of them that ESPN announced that 2022 was its highest WNBA viewership since 2008. And on top of that, the LSU-Iowa NCAA championship women's basketball game also had the highest viewership in the history of that game. One other small data point on that, I played pickup basketball this weekend for the first time in a long time. And along with my Duke basketball shorts, I was wearing my Caitlin Clark Iowa jersey. So it was my first women's basketball player jersey that I've worn. Which If I had known that, I would have led with that. That's okay. It's maybe it's better to close with that because okay. that'll really stick with people. And I went, I think I shot nine for 10. Wow. Mostly just really in the paint. Didn't let it air out from the, from outside. We were playing outdoors, double rims, but in any event, uh, back to gambling, three NFL players have been suspended for at least the entire upcoming 2023 football season for gambling on NFL games during the 2022 season. And this matches the punishment that Calvin Ridley received last year for the same offense. Ridley was reinstated last month. Two Lions players, Stanley Berryhill and Jamison Williams, were suspended for the first six games of the 2023 season for mobile betting at the Lions facilities, even though they were not betting on NFL games, because there is an NFL rule agreed to by the players and the Players Association that any gambling on any sport while at a team facility or on team travel is impermissible. And as you may know, Williams was the Lions top pick last year. He'd already missed 12 games in his rookie season with a torn ACL that he suffered in college. So he's got at least another six games that he will be out. Last but not least, sports contract news. Dutch soccer player Bram Van Polen. I think everyone who listens to this podcast is very familiar with this player and his club, PEZ's wall in the Dutch second division. 
He made news when he negotiated a fantastic new provision into his contract with the club that he's played with for 17 years. So to celebrate his re-signing, he negotiated into his deal that the team would have to buy every fan at the next match a beer. So that match happened on April 14th. So the many PEC's wall fans got to receive a free drink at the game thanks to what I imagine is one of their longest tenure players ever. It's actually not the first creative provision Van Polen's put in his contracts. He's also gotten a vacation and some fancy meals and a car. But I think most importantly, and what all of the listeners are really dying to hear, Gabe, is for your next pro athlete contract, which is no doubt coming soon in light of the news you just shared about your nine for 10 shooting, what provision would you put in your contract? Assuming I'm a soccer player, then I would want for every goal I score to be able to have dinner with Bram von Polen. Wow. Yeah. That's a good one. It's also probably kind of expensive. Does he have to come here or do, does the team have to fly everyone to him? I assume I'll be in the Dutch mm-hmm. soccer league with him. But not the second division. You'll probably be in the top flight. We'll see. We'll see. I did. I should have mentioned this last week when I played my pickup soccer game. I was wearing a Bram von Polen jersey for the first time. So it all, it's, I guess it's meant to be. All right. We can't do much better than ending on a Bram von Polen story. And for those of you who enjoy the podcast, you might enjoy our other podcast, Bram von Polen. It's everything about just Bram von Polen. We release it daily. And so if you want your Bram von Polen updates, please join us in the Bram von Polen pod available wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you just are interested more generally in sports law, then we are going to try to release a news update every week. And then every other week, there will be the more traditional interview format. I've already got the next guest lined up. So that will be released about a week from when you hear this, depending on when you listen to this. So Eric, thank you for joining our maiden voyage, hopefully one of one of many. And as always, we'll look forward to seeing you all next time between the lines. And thank you, as always, to our sponsor, the Tulane Center for Sports.